Redeath is the story of Ashabi, a housewife in her late 20s who is determined to make a name for herself in the world, despite the odors on her path and the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. Chapter 5 She remembered every single word they had said to her after she shared the picture of her engagement ring on her WhatsApp status. Her oldest sister had sent a message instantly. Take it down, Ashabi, take it down. You don't want our parents to see it, do you? That WhatsApp message became the bombshell Ashabi's week exploded on. She recalled that Tedru had proposed to her on her 25th birthday and she had been so excited that she did not imagine the thunderstorm she was going to create by celebrating her proposal. Are you even thinking about our parents at all? Why does everything have to be about you? Don't you even care about what mom and dad have to say about this? If they have not given you the go-ahead, why do you think you should share this engagement ring on your WhatsApp status for people to see? Do you know the kind of people that will view your status? Do you even know if they are close to our parents? As Ashabi listened to Sister Shake over the phone, she felt like a lizard had cut off her tongue and ran away with it. Her throat refused to release any sound and her entire body shook as if a volcano was about to erupt under her feet. How did one's day of joy quickly become a day of sorrow? Ashabi had no words to defend herself, so she let Sister Ashake speak her mind. I am sorry, Sister Ashake, I have deleted the picture from my WhatsApp status. Ashabi said in the voice of a sheep ready to give up the ghost in a slaughterhouse. Better, Ashabi, better. Don't just be doing things without thinking about what people will say about our parents. If mom and dad are not happy about something, you should not do it. You are not bigger than all of us. No matter how bold you think you are, it is very wrong of you to put up the proposal picture on your WhatsApp status. It is wrong, Ashabi, Sister Shakir said furiously, trying to make Ashabi understand the gravity of her actions. I am sorry, Sister Shakir. I won't share anything online again, Ashabi said in her defense, as if Sister Shakir was right next to her, about to sound a knock on her head. No problem, Ashabi. Everybody saw it, and I'm sure they will call you too. Aduni was very unhappy and disappointed in you. She could not understand why you would do something like that after everything Daddy had said. Pausing to clear her throat, Sister Ashake continued, Be careful, Ashabi. Be very careful. You cannot be making decisions any hour as if you don't have parents and siblings. Stop being too forward, eh? Stop being too forward. You are not the first to want to get married in the world. If Ashabi could have ended the call, she would have. But she quietly listened as Sister Shake ranted on and on. Looking at her peeling metal window, she imagined what Sister Aduni would say when she called. Ashabi, I don't know what you are up to, but this is very wrong. If mom and dad said you cannot marry this person, why would you allow him to propose to you, eh? On top of that, you are the god to share the picture of your engagement ring on your WhatsApp status. What audacity! Do you even care about what mom and dad think? Do you know if people are watching you and will start saying bad things about our parents? Remembering everything from that 27-minute call left Ashabi feeling turned, shattered and alone in the world. How could my own sisters have said such mean and wicked things to me? 
What was so wrong about Tejo that made them say such evil things to me? Sister Shake and Sister Aduni were Shabi's only siblings. They were now married with two kids each and they both lived in Ibadan. Since Ashabi got married over a year ago, she had not spoken with either of them. Their relationship had died after her whole marriage drama. Even though they attended her wedding in Lagos, they refused to spend time with her in her hotel room. On her wedding day, her borrowed sisters were two young friends from back in the university. Rose and Petral had been classmates from the university and they had gone to the same prayer meeting group. Ashabi, don't worry about anything. Today is your day, Mrs. Daniela said reassuringly as she placed her right arm on Ashabi's shoulders. Even though Ashabi was happy to be getting married to Teju after all the family drama, she was sad that Mrs. Daniela was the one acting as the mother of the bride. It was a sad and a happy day. Thank you, mom, Ashabi said in a low voice. And if you need anything at all, tell Rose or tell Petral to get them for you. Don't bother yourself about the DJ or the hotel people. All of that can wait till evening, okay? Mrs. Daniela said because she understood that Ashabi had not resolved some of the money issues she had with the hotel management and she was worried about it. What a day, Ashabi said aloud as she jerked back to reality. How things could go from sweet to sour and then sweet again. That's what the new pregnancy felt like. Every time she had good news to share, it was almost accompanied by the thought of something bad. Well, I'm not going to tell anybody about this pregnancy. Before they ask me why would I get pregnant, as if I'm not married. Ashabi got up from the sinking bed in her bedroom and walked to the kitchen. Opening the door, she picked up her phone and saw an Instagram notification. The popular Miss Lux, Ibiduni Godalo was dead. Ibiduni Godalo was the wife of a popular pastor in Nigeria, Pastor Igodalo of Trinity House Church, and she had been well known for winning the Lux pageant when she was a teenager. Reading the news of Ibiduni's death, caused Ashabi to fall to the knees on the ground and cry like a woman who had just lost her husband. Unlocking her phone, Ashabi opened her Instagram app in search of what led to Mrs. Ibiduni's death. God, what happened? I hope it is not COVID-19, Ashabi managed to say through her now shaky self and sobbing lips. First, she noticed the flyer that boldly spelled the unfailing God. Its background was a picture of Mrs. Ibiduni smiling like an angel with her lavish hair all over her face. As Ashabi continued to scroll through different posts, she paid attention to the hashtags Ibiduni Godalo and Goodnight. Her fingers fumbled as she clicked on each post with the beautiful pastor's picture and hashtag. Ashabi let the tears flow out of her, even though she could not explain why she was so shattered from seeing this news. Perhaps she was broken from knowing that she had lost a loved one each year for the past two years. In the two years before the coronavirus year, Ashabi had lost two relatives that she loved so much, and each loss opened a vacuum in her soul. She felt more alone in the world. So Mrs. Ibiduni's departure came as a hot knife, whipping through her soul one more time. 
Why am I so depressed by this death? Ashabit thought. I was never so close to her, but why do I feel like a part of me has died too? For the rest of the evening, Ashabi moved from Instagram to YouTube to Google in search of answers to her one big question. What led to Ibiduoni's death? In her lifetime, Mrs. Ibiduoni had been described as an angel who supported women who could not have children. She had a foundation that provided funding, counseling, and enlightenment on the different options of having children. Every post that Ashabi read shone light on how much of a saint Mrs. Ibiduoni was. One caption described her in over 20 expressions focusing on how kind, warm, and God-loving she was. Her death was a blow to humanity and the beginning of a mourning that Ashabi could not explain. Later that night, Ashabi returned to her bedroom to nurse Iwe, who was slowly waking up. It was past midnight feeds, but he still always loved to suckle and nurse at least once a night. As she embraced her little prince in her left arm, Ashabi looked up at the yellow wall in her bedroom. I can't imagine a world without Ire Tomiwa. He needs me in his life. I will stay alive for him. I will be strong for him. The next couple of days saw Ashabi living like a shadow of herself. She cried endlessly and uncontrollably. When doing the dishes, she would suddenly begin to sob and sniff softly so that Tejo would not notice that she was crying. What is it, Ashabi? Are you okay? She heard Tejo say from behind her. Tejo was not one to show much concern, but she was probably too loud today. Nothing, Ashabi replied without looking back. As she rinsed Ire Tomiwa's bottles, cups and spoons, she quickly grabbed the hem of her loose purple blouse and cleared her phlegm-filled nostrils. Even if she told Tejo why she was crying, how could she explain why she was taking the loss too personally? It's just that I feel so bad about the death of Mrs. Bidoni Godalo. It is so painful. Ashabi paused to notice if Tejo heard her. He had stopped to look through some of his papers on the wooden table in the right corner of the kitchen door. Yes, it's quite sad. I heard she travelled to Portacourt to work on a COVID-19 isolation centre and she had a, you know, a heart attack that Sunday morning, Tejo said. Pausing to allow the tears roll out of her eyes, Ashabi swallowed the lump of sorrow in her throat and responded. I read it too. You know she won Miss Lux when she was 18 years old. Then she had to deal with infertility after she married her husband in 2007. More than 10 IVFs and all that. It makes me feel so sad that I am here angry and complaining with myself for being pregnant. Holding back the tears that were trying to spill out of her eyes and her heart, Ashabi continued. I can't even imagine what her husband, Pastor Itua, must be going through. They have two kids, one girl and a boy. Yes, I saw their pictures on Twitter, Tedro added as he walked into the kitchen and opened the upper shelf in the right corner to take the custard plastic where they stored the agari. Ashabi turned back to her right hand and watched as Tedro measured spoons of gari into the blue mug on the kitchen table which was now heavily decorated with broken tiles and crevices that encouraged cockroaches to make a mansion of the apartment. I want to prepare moimoi for dinner, 
but without the leaves for Moemoele, we am left with the option of using nylons. Maybe I will just go to Yasala's shop to buy Moemoe nylon. I shall be said as Teju picked a sachet of water from the bag on the ground and poked it at the edge before letting it loose into his cup of gari. Okay, it's getting late though, Teju said as he returned to the parlor to join Ire who was moving around in his walker and banging his clapping and toy on the grey sofa. As Ashabi stepped out of the black gates, she let the tears fall. She did not go through the front door so that Ire would not see her and attempt to follow her. Stepping out was the excuse she needed to cry under the dark shadow of the evening. It was almost 7pm. Gently placing one foot in front of the other, Ashabi released the river of tears she had locked up in her heart as she spoke with Tedri in the kitchen. God, why? She screamed in her head. Why is this woman's death breaking me like this? What is it about her passing that she wants me to know? As Ashabi wiped her face to create space for other tears to flow, she suddenly heard a voice say, Ibiduoni struggled with infertility and helped women with infertility. Yet you are unhappy that I have given you a second child this early. Can you see the irony? Ashabi could not explain where the voice came from, but she knew she wasn't the thinker of those thoughts. Those thoughts were definitely not her voice. But it made sense. How can I be so angry at God and at myself when there are women who have it worse? Shouldn't I be grateful instead of disappointed? Ashabi thought with a clearer mind. Obviously, tears are the way of cleansing our eyes and clearing our minds. It all makes sense now, Ashabi said aloud. Perhaps this is God's way of changing my perspective and helping me to accept what I cannot change. At Iyasala's shop, Ashabi met Bisola, Iyasala's pretty daughter. Bisola, why are you? I want to buy that small nylon for Moi Moi. How much is it? Ashabi said through her blue face mask. Good evening, Ma. How is your baby? Bisola replied as she walked back into the small congested store toward the shelf stacked with all sorts of items. Scanning through the middle shelf, she shifted a pack of tiger batteries and moved the carton of oil spaghetti to the left. Realizing that she could not find what she was looking for, she returned to the burglar door where Shabi was standing. Ah, sorry ma, adjusting her light blue face mask, she continued. The nylon is finished. We don't have it again, Bisola said with a disappointed look on her face. No problem, Bisola. Ashabi said as she stepped down from the elevated area in front of Yasala's shop. Thank you. Greet mommy for me, eh? She added as she began to walk back to her apartment. Watching her steps as she moved on the erosion redesigned road, Ashabi took off her face mask to breathe in some clean air. But she soon realized that the air also needed some cleansing, just as her eyes and mind just had. Wondering if Bisola had noticed her teary eyes, Ashabi said aloud, I guess we would have to skip this moment and just drink our gari like that. She felt a tiny thing of joy knowing that God had responded to her question. She was not alone. Mrs. Ibiduni's death had taken her into a new world that gave answers to her most difficult question. I am never alone, Ashabi said aloud as she entered her compound and closed the black gate behind her.